Okay, okay, okay. So, you ready to fuck this pig today? If you're going to make me. All right. Squeal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We are finally back after a long hiatus for the Unbalanced Note, episode number 22. It's been since the beginning of March since we've done a show. It is now June the 4th, but you'll probably be hearing this June the 5th, which will make it how many months? Three months? That's one month. Since March? Oh, they said May. No, March. Early March. Clearly, I'm paying attention. (laughs) Since early March. Oh, my goodness. It is, uh, we've missed you. Uh, I'm Brian Kluger with BoomstickComics.com and HighDefDigest.com. And this is the Unbalanced Note on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play, where we talk about music all the time. We've missed you. We've missed being here. We've been doing all sorts of things in the meantime. Jacob, what's up, man? It's good to have you back. Yeah, man. I, I thought it was only one month. No. <laughs> Time really flew by then for you having fun. Oh, my, well, fuck. For, for a month, I didn't have any fun. No, what happened? I got wiped out, man. I ran myself down. You ran yourself down? But I'm back like a rubber band. Popping back. So LL Cool J would say, don't call it a comeback, but you're calling it a comeback. Mama said, knock you out. So you got run down. Did you, uh, did you, just, you were just out for the count? You got Still, sick Yeah, man. Stuff? I was real sick. Shit. Well, glad you don't look sick right now. But I'm ill. You ill? Ill communications. We'll be talking about that a little later in the show for sure. The illness is the realness. The illness is the realness. I'm very happy that you are alive and doing well and healthy. You're drinking your Haterade right now? Haterade? I had my Chick-fil-A sandwich. I didn't have a Chick-fil-A sandwich, actually. <laughs> Shauna would be pissed. <laughs> no. Wait, are you fucking ate Chick-fil-A without I me? Mean, what the fuck? I want it now, though. I'm craving it. I can oh. taste that fucking peanut. Let's go there butter. for lunch. <laughs> no. After the show. No. Yes. She'll beat both of us up. Uh, we'll, we'll be a triple threat steel cage match. Team up, me and you. Yes, uh, dude. Candy I don't know. Cat match she'd, she'd with probably st- two belts. She'd probably still fuck <laughs> us up, dude. She'd get that little kid out of the audience, like Strowman did. What was his name? Jacob? Oh no, Na- Nicholas. Nicholas. That was <laughs> at it. WrestleMania. Yeah, two years ago, that was his tag team partner. Yeah, Nicholas. yeah, yeah. It, the whole crowd was cheering for that little oh, kid. Oh yeah, that was good stuff. Dude, that's badass. Uh, so we have a great show for you today. Our main feature presentation today, who we're going to talk about, is Elton John. Uh, to coincide with uh, the new biopic film Rocket Man, based on some of his life and his music, but we're excited to talk about Elton John because he uh, is a great musician. He has the most British name ever. Elton? No, his real name. What's his real name? Look it up. I'd have to. It's look. like I think it's Reginald Kenneth Duke. <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I know his first. I know his. I know his first name is Reginald. El, it's not like Nigel something. Well, there is a Nigel in the band, right? You're in, right. In the early Very. early Elton John. Elton John's uh, real name, Sir Elton Hercules John. No, that ain't it. <laughs> Never would El- I don't think I would ever use Hercules and Elton John in the same sentence. Well, that's what he goes by now, but he was born Reginald Kenneth Dwight. Dwight, that's it. Right. Reginald Kenneth. Yeah, that's like the most British fucking name ever, right? It's pretty funny. Sir Elton Hercules John. That's pretty good. Uh, he, call- he calls himself, he dubbed himself that? Yeah. Sir Elton Hercules John. Herculean piano player. 
Sure, sure, sure. Yes, and yes, yes. Herculean uh, hair transplant. Yes, that's for <laughs> sure. Uh, so we're going to talk about him a little later. We're going to have our one-hit wonder. We have our question of the week. But we have some news to get to, some music news, because we haven't been here in a while, and we're just happy to be back. And we have some, I think, some pretty cool news to talk about. There's some cool stuff that's happened in the last week. Cool stuff. Uh, so let's, let's start out with the... The news that's making the rounds, for the most part, uh, digitally-wise. So it was announced recently that Apple was getting rid of their iTunes. Getting rid of iTunes. What does that mean, really? But uh, What that means? What's that mean? So you don't have to really get upset. Uh, so Apple confirmed that the company there, you know, Apple is phasing out the media player, but it appears to be, they're more streamlining it and rebranding it. They're not getting rid of it. So basically instead of iTunes holding everything, they're going to have three separate apps, one strictly for music called Apple music. They're going to have one for movies, Apple movies, uh, and then the other one for podcasts. So Apple podcasts, Apple movies, and Apple or Apple TV and Apple Music. So uh, that's what it's doing. Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, and Apple TV. And you'll be able to uh, sync your devices, and you'll be able to listen to your MP3s on your computer. You'll be able to buy CDs and put them on your computer, and it runs just fine. All of that is good. Yes, you can still play your MP3s on your computer. Um, we're not sure about like your personal playlists or play counts yet. Uh, and then if you have windows, uh, you will not be able to use Apple music still (laughs) poor windows people. I got a PC. There you go. I got a fucking iPhone five. Like the more and more I think about Apple, they're like the fucking devil, dude. I, I do not like Apple and it's weird because I use Apple products. Oh, they made it so convenient. Like everything is so fucking like a fucking, but I do not like Apple whatsoever. Oh dude, it's crazy to think about. It's it's not fun. It's it's they're ever since Steve Jobs died, they really have dropped the ball on everything. They haven't released anything worth a damn since Steve Jobs died. Well, none of this shit. I mean, it's all like they made something that should have been like a the iPod and the iPhone were revolutionary. Well, they created since then nothing. No, I don't know, man. This is the, everything on this thing is fucking unnecessary. Why do you say that? It's you use just, it all the time. My phone. I mean, what I'm saying is... What are you talking about? You don't know me. No, I'm saying they, they, they like, conditioned people to, like, have to run out and wait in line to buy this fucking stupid thing, right? No, correct. And if you don't have one, you're living in the fucking Stone Age. Well, it's not just them. I mean, think about comics or movies or comic-cons, like comic book conventions. It's this, the same thing. There's a realm a, of people that are Mac This is a spy device. <laughs> no, for sure. Like, it's a spy device that's always on listening. Yeah, and they, they, mar- they marketed it as a, oh, it's this is safe. You'll always know where you are. There's no such thing as privacy because what these big businesses are doing is selling your information All to your shit. advertising. Yeah. So that's why when you talk about... You know, going to get the next vibrator with a cat on it from mm-hmm. Cats the Musical. <laughs> You're going to get an ad somewhere on your phone. Yeah, or some sort of butt plug. Yeah. So, <laughs> just speaking it. You don't even have to type it in. No, yeah, you'll just be speaking it. Or you'll be speaking the cars like, oh, I got to go get that, you know, that new 
pair of dockers and then you're scrolling through your social media or websites and then you see advertisements for dockers like Where, what, are, what, what's are dockers still around i imagine so yeah i, I do not own a pair of dockers dude i'm wearing dockers to your wedding <laughs> well good right good no no the big the big like t-shirt pants like steve harvey suit pants oh you wear big. parachute pants no not parachute pants just those are Four sizes is too big. He basically so. just like wears silk <laughs> or linen. Yeah. He's wild, man. <laughs> I like Steve. I Harvey. think that'd be a great Halloween costume. Like you couldn't obviously paint yourself black anymore because that's people would lose their shit. Right. But if you just went in the big suit. Or if you just With own, the mustache and bald what if, head. What if you only went as the suit? As the suit. Yeah, no, you couldn't see your head or anything. You, I think people would know who you were. Yeah, big Steve Harvey suit. It's basically, I think he dresses like Jim Carrey in The Mask when he's the mask character. <laughs> yeah, those big shoulder pads. Yes. Yeah, it's like, like a teacher's uniform. Yeah. Substitute teacher uniform. <laughs> right, because those substitute teachers, they'd always come in and they I think if they felt like if they wore those fucking shoulder pads, it made them seem like there was a linebacker, yes. you know? yes. And you to just go be up and tougher. Yeah, yes. touch them, dude. Yeah. It's like you a padded bra on your shoulder. It's crazy. It's crazy. So with <laughs> Apple and iTunes. Uh, Fuck Apple. Yeah. So we. what are some of the questions that people are asking? Will you be able to keep the older version of iTunes if you don't want to upgrade? And, you know, you probably answered your question by just hearing it. Have they ever allowed to do that? You know, no. If you update to a the new program you're not going to have the old one i haven't updated this phone in like three years there you go keep your stuff uh so yeah that's about it so yeah they're not like getting rid of i i mean they're getting rid of itunes but it's like a music rebranding yeah it's rebranding it's the same thing so you're not going to lose your your songs you're not going to lose your mp3s on your computer you'll still be able to do all of that so if, if that's how you listen to your music anyway you're an asshole Right, right. <laughs> I mean, if that—I mean, that's if that's the only way you listen to your music. Uh, yes, there you go. So let's move on. We have a bit of unfortunate news. A couple of bits of unfortunate news, but we have to—we uh, have to remember Rocky Erickson. You know, oh yeah, uh, poor Rocky Erickson, one of the members of the Thirteenth Floor Elevators, the front man, Rocky Erickson, passed away. Uh, very unfortunate. He was a. Uh, he was one of a kind. He was a prototype in this world of nobody else was like him. He's like America's Sid Barrett. Yes. He was he had he was into the drugs. He was he had delusions of grandeur, but he made unbelievably good music. Well he fucking dude, they fucked that guy up. Like in the six like in Austin, when those guys were going, like sixty five or something like that. Yeah. Most people didn't talk about doing drugs and shit. And they were all very open about it. Like, right. This is like a psychedelic experiment. So, dude, they arrested him and they institutionalized him and, like, fucking gave him electroshock therapy right. and stuff. Which, yeah. Have you seen that doc- documentary? I have not seen the documentary, but I've heard about it. And the, this poor guy, like, he was just doing drugs, making music, and he was really into the psychedelic scene and, like, all like the far reaches of the psychedelic scene. If you've ever heard 13th Floor Out of the Elevators or even some of his later stuff... 
The guy was unbelievably talented. Yeah. One of my favorite albums of his, he did a live show, uh, all of horror music. Where he did songs like Two Headed Dog. Yeah, he's a big walk horror, with a he's zombie. A big yeah, horror movie fan. I love I walked with a zombie. Yeah, it's a great. It, it never says anything in the song other than I walked with a zombie and last night. Yeah, those are the only night. fucking lyrics to that song. Yeah, no, I love it. It's yeah. so good. And like even Two Headed Dog is like the Two Headed Dog. Yeah, you got the tattoo. Yeah. Two Headed Dog. Man, he was the shit. He was so good. And like when you hear his song or at least his solo stuff. Whatever the song title was is basically usually the first few lines of the song, just him repeating it. Like, it's so you know, there's a CCR connection with him. There is. Yeah, the Stu Cook, the I think he was the bass player in CCR. Really, he produced like the first three or four Rocky Erickson solo albums. I did not know that. And another one of his biggest fans was Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Right. I know they really liked each other. Right? Well, they were before Billy Gibbon before. ZZ Top, he was in a band called The Moving Sidewalks. Okay. And they were like from, I think they were from Houston, but, you know, Houston to Austin is not very far. So they played in Austin. They played a bunch of shows together and stuff. He just gave, Billy Gibbons had just given him a pretty cool, like, one of his Les Pauls. A real fucking great one, you know? That's cool. Yeah. But dude, Rocky Erickson, for, he was like, what, 71? Yes, he, That guy so. was lucky to make it past 40. You know what I mean? No, he was living on borrowed time. And, like, interestingly enough, within, the like, the last two years here in Dallas, especially at the Kessler Theater in Oak Cliff, he played, like, three times there. Dude, he played at the Double Wide one time. That, oh, yes, he did. Yes, and there he was, did. And it was, like, no one was there. That's awesome. Yeah, they put up, like, a stage outside and stuff. But, yeah, he, dude, that guy was incredibly, I mean, he was just too soon. Like... He, do you think he was... I don't think he was before his time, do you? Oh, absolutely. Totally. People didn't fucking get it. Like, the 13th floor elevators are more popular now than they were then. Like, think about when High Fidelity came out, right? Right. And then people were like, what's that fucking song? Right. Like, not not a lot of people knew who they were. But then, over the years, like, he's his cult status thing just got fucking bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, because there was so... I mean... I guess because they they weren't known, they weren't mainstream, and then maybe Rocky Erickson with his past. Dude, they felt like mysterious. Once they were getting going, they fucking institutionalized him, which is crazy. Because yeah. did they say that he had delusions of grandeur or schizophrenia? Yeah, he was. Well, he he was. Yeah, like schizophrenic, and then you know he heard he heard voices and shit. So kind of like similar to Daniel Johnston. It seems like a very one flew over the cuckoo's nest kind of thing. Okay. I think Daniel Johnson's bullshit. You think he's just... Yeah, I think it's an act. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, he's got... He's he's no talent. He's Daniel no, Johnston. No talent ass clown. <laughs> right? Like, I don't think comparing him to Rocky Erickson... But they're both Austin people. They're both musicians. They both kind of have the... Uh, schizophrenic thing going for them yeah but one actually made good music right well that's arguable some people really like daniel johnson's music no they don't <laughs> they say those are the same people that say that they don't like the beatles like, uh, you're just you're right. saying it to be different no one no one would have given a shit if kurt cobain wouldn't have endorsed him correct correct so it's like whatever I don't know. That music confuses me. No, it's weird. So, interestingly enough, I saw Daniel Johnson play live once, and he told a Holocaust oh, joke. Oh, yeah, I remember. And then 
like 30 minutes into a set, he got scared and ran off stage with his guitar plugged in. <laughs> it never came back on stage. Like, yeah, it that's, was just really weird. That's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Yeah. That, that is a fucking clown. <laughs> uh, Rocky Erickson never did that. But, but we, he probably ran off stage scared. You think? Yeah, he probably had a freak out or something. But I guarantee you he went back out there. Yeah. No, Daniel Johnson did not. Uh, so it's, if you've never heard 13 floor elevators or Rocky Erickson, please, please, please give them a listen. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. Start with the evil one. Yes. Uh, it is good stuff. It is. If you, if you even want to type in, uh, I walked with a zombie, just listen to that. And you're just like, Oh God, damn this movie or this song is great. And it's better than 95% of the music out there. And it literally only has one lyric basically. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the whole song is a sentence that repeats itself. <laughs> and it's got that kind of like, it almost sounds like something from like the fifties. Right. Right. Like it's a very dancey. Well, all that. Yeah. It's got like a bebop diner yeah, yeah. old school thing but mixed with a little like bluegrassy i don't know it's good shit yeah rocky erickson we miss you we love you uh, moving on uh we got to talk about this uh just because i know there's probably some fans out there that listen to us that like the pixies but the pixies have a new album coming out called beneath the uh ire and they are going on tour with their new album uh which is called Beneath the Ire. They have a new song out right now, which you can listen to on Graveyard Hill. And they kick off their new tour in August 31st in Pasadena, Pasadena, California. And if you live in the U.S., that is the only place you will be able to see them, unless you want to travel to Europe for an extensive European tour. And they will not be coming back to the U.S. Do you like the Pixies, Jacob? Not at all. Why not? I had a roommate for... Five or six years, and he would just wear out the. He only kind of listened to like three bands: the old ninety, the old ninety sevens, the Toadies, and fucking Pixies. Yeah, isn't that the same band? That's what I was like. He was like, "God damn, dude!" Like, <laughs> so no, I don't like him at all. No, oh, well, there you go. I guess yeah. you won't be. Listening I won't to be. Their music. Won't be listening. Could care less. All Although right. the the their bass player now is Paz. Lechenstein is her name. Yeah. She's really good. All right. She well, used to be in this band called the Entrance Band. The Entrance Band. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. She's a really good bass player, but no, nah, I'm, I'm not into that kind of, I don't know, college rock, I guess. There you go. Uh, you like them? I think I have one or two of their albums. They're okay. It's not something I like listen to all the time, but. I like the one where they go, woo. <laughs> that song is okay, but yeah, the rest, I don't know. I just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, they're not my favorite. But, you know, some people really love the Pixies. Uh, and then another bit of tour news uh, for those of you who still like this band. I am not one of them, uh, but U2. U2 is going on a very small uh, continental tour, New Zealand, Australia, Japan, and South Korea. Uh, where they will be forming the entire full album of Joshua Tree called the Joshua Tree Full Album Tour. So if you like you 2 and you feel like going across the world to see them from November 8th through December 8th, please go and do not come, come back. back. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Perhaps they are trying to coincide this with the release of new Apple products so they can yeah, force, force it into their you terrible again. album on us again. God damn it. Ugh. 
That fucking band, dude. That's like the paint by numbers version of rock music. What do you think happened? Like, because they fucking sold out and like, because their first kind of thing was like a kind of Joy Division y, like. Right. And then they just started fucking making corporate fucking ass kissing music. It's weird. Yeah, it's dumb. It's like. The Eagles are like the fucking Dave Matthews band of the 70s. Yeah. The fucking U2 is like 80s and 90s. It's like the most safe, stupid music you could listen to. It's weird, man. I'm. What's really weird is that fucking Brian Eno produces like most of their albums. Why not? He's making tons well, of Well, I know, but I mean, still, it's like, has he been compromised too? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you look at it. He's producing their album. He's working with not arguably. They're not the worst musicians. They're just making shitty music. They're good. Ah, uh, they're not even. I don't think they're good musicians. Have you seen that? It might get loud. Yes. Okay. The so, edge. Yeah. Look. So <laughs> fucking Jack White, right? Yeah. Guitar, cable, amp. Yeah. Jimmy Page, guitar, cable, yeah. amp. The edge, guitar. All this bullshit. Yeah. Well, more bu- more bullshit. <laughs> and then an amp, right? And then he's like, "Oh yeah, I gotta." All I'm really doing is this. And then he fucking clicks that pedal on, and it's all this dumb. I mean, oh, they should have got anyone other than him for that movie. He could have got Daniel fucking Johnston instead of the Edge, dude. <laughs> like he's more of a guitar player than the fucking Edge is. I don't know. It. Was, I remember seeing that, and you're just like, you look at the Edge, and you're just like. Anyone well, who this wa- is the diva of the group, of course. Look, anyone who wears a fucking beanie year round is is that's that ain't that's no good. <laughs> Think about it. You're right, though. He's you're always so got right. that stupid hat on. Yeah, it's like, dude, you're bald. Fucking embrace it. Have any of those members come into the store? God, I would choke them out if they did. Even Bono. Him first. You would you would call him number two because of the South Park episode. I would say, hey, dude, I, you're you're in my. I love Growing Pains. It's my favorite <laughs> show ever. And he go, oh, I'm not boner. <laughs> oh shit, I thought you were boner. Uh, no, nah, so, man, I'm not. I've seen them. I saw them at the Jury World on the 360 tour. Right, and I had, I had a bunch of friends that went to that, and everybody enjoyed the show because they put on a good show. But what's a good show, dude? You know, people pr- say he pranced a bunch of little children out there and fucking tried to preach about charity, and you know, he had like every. But little that's his shtick now. He's all about bastardizing all that. and uh, fucking pimping out. He's fuck that guy. <laughs> You don't like Bono? No, because remember I said Apple sucks, right? Right. They fucking teamed up. Everyone has that stupid album. If you yeah, don't Apple, does, if you got yeah. an Apple product, you fucking you have that album. Yeah, no, it's awful. It is terrible. It's a horror. I mean, just why would you even do that? Well, probably Apple is like, here you go. We're going to give you what thirty million dollars or fifty million dollars, whatever it might, it might be more, and then instantly when people you know download the update or whatever they have your album so you have technically maybe 50 million people instantly listening to your album and then like let's say 20 percent of those people might be buying more of your stuff well it, because i guarantee you most of those people didn't know who you two was all the young kids i don't i'm sure they didn't run out and but but like like put yourself in that situation if you had your band and apple offered offered you 50 million dollars you would say no 
Yeah, absolutely. I would say no. Because that's cheating. That's like buying. You can't buy fans. Like that's that's like the most. That's making your money while you can. Fuck that, dude. No way. I I would rather stay at the bottom. You know what I mean? All right. All right. Because that's like, like, you think Jimi Hendrix would have fucking done that? I don't know. No, maybe. Absolutely not. Because there's like, U2 is like a brand now. Right. So they, I mean, it's like it's same thing with Rolling Stones. They're a brand. Yeah, this is a brand. Not even the Stones. Like Kiss would do it. Kiss would absolutely do it. The same thing that U two did, but okay. the the Stones wouldn't. You don't think so? Uh uh-uh. uh. No well, way. Stones haven't put out a new album. Like yeah, they did that music. fucking blues album, Blue and Lonely or Blue and Lonesome. Right, right. What, what, how long ago was that? Well, like three years. Well, three years ago. Yeah, oh, I guess you're right. Yeah, and it's good. But no, I mean that's fucking. I, that's like the scary shit we were talking about. It's like you can't just force things onto people. <laughs> that's rape. That's that's right. You're raping yeah, my yeah, ear you, pussy. Yeah, you fucking. <laughs> like they raped your phone, and then they took up space. They did. No, I. I mean, I, it's I, fucked up. It's, I remember specifically when that happened, and instantly after the thing, you you have the album. I'm like, oh, we got a U2 album. Let's listen to it. You know, two songs in. Oh, this is a huge piece of shit. Yeah, it's dude. That's never cool. listen to it again. That's for people. That music is made for people that work in cubicles. Ah, oh, office space. It is. Uh, What's water cooler talk? It's water cool. You too. Yeah. Oh, guys, did you hear the new two album? The new you two. Hey, no, I even refer to them as you two. 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 And Two's. anyone that would like the album that Apple gave away wouldn't even like, you know, the Joshua Tree or like War, like the earlier albums that are. Somewhat Which you can, yeah, you can. Decent, in, but no, no fan of the new shit would even like the old shit. Right, right. Because that's what I was saying. It's a younger generation, wow. and they were they were probably hoping, oh, they might go look at our old music. And I was like, well, there's two different styles of music here. I just think if you're giving away something, something's wrong. <laughs> like somewhere along the way, something fucked up. Oh, I don't think they gave it away. I yeah, mean, it they was got paid for sure. Well, but I'm saying they handed it to. The consumer. Right. Just right. went boom. There, now you have it and you can't delete it. There you go. Did you know that? No, I know you can't delete it. It's yeah. like on there. Yeah. Even if you delete it, it'll still like be on there, but you'd like, like have the, to. It's like the stocks app. Right, right. Like it, won't it ain't go going anywhere. Yeah. You can move it into a folder and not look at it uh, or send it to the. You know, the third See, screen. that's what I liked when what Prince did. When Prince did his musicology tour. Uh, and everybody followed suit after that was that when he charged for a ticket to his concert, it included a price of a CD. And so you got the CD, which was awesome because a lot of people might not just buy the CD after the concert, but like you got one right when you walked in. And I like that aspect because you're going to see him. Here's the CD. So you can listen to it after. I like that model. Yeah. People, more people should do that. Huh? More people. Yeah, with, they should do it with records. I, oh, shit, yeah. That'd be awesome. I like, would pay an extra 20 bucks yeah. for a concert ticket if I got the record when I walked in or walked out. Yeah. That'd be badass. Yeah, that'd be, be great. All right. What a crazy concept. I know. It seems very simple. Yeah, it really is. So, moving on to another bit of unfortunate news who we have to remember. Singer-songwriter Leon Redbone is dead at 69. Uh, he is a, a great singer-songwriter who just, you know... Ragtime, blues, all sorts of good stuff. He played with a lot of people. Do you like Leon Redbone? Wasn't he the frog? Like he was a animated frog, the voice of the frog. Was that him? I feel like it is. And I think it might be because I know one of his albums has kind of like that thing. Yeah. Like 
I don't really like. He's one of those guys where like I always see the name or saw the name, but I don't. I don't know if I've ever actually listened to him. I probably haven't. I just don't. Well, it's like if you would recognize him because he always wore like the sunglasses, the fedora, and the big mustache. Yeah, yeah, I know what he looks. And like. like Bob Dylan loved him. So, uh, and then, uh, he did that, uh, uh, stuff with Zoe Deschanel for the soundtrack of the movie Elf with Will Ferrell. Dude, I would do stuff with Zoe Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel. No, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? But, uh, rest in peace, Leon Redbone. Check him out. I think you'd like him. Moving on to two more bits of news, which are really great. Uh, there is a new Beastie Boy short film, new documentary celebrating 25 years of ill communication. It is on YouTube. It is on Amazon Prime. It is called Ill Communication, Still Ill, and it features archival footage and interviews with the surviving members of the Beastie Boys, Michael Diamond and Adam Horowitz. And it's about 15 minutes long, and it's uh, kind of badass. Wait, it's a 15-minute documentary? Yeah, it's a short film. Just talking about that because, like, it kind of coincides with like their massive six hundred page book that they released. That oh yeah, kind of had yeah. all the anecdotes, and so this kind of like it's just them and archival footage and interviews talking about the album itself. Cookie Puss. So, uh, Cookie Puss. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so recently, uh, Mike Dean Adrock did the Spike Jones directed book tour with their memoir, but now you can watch, uh, still ill 25 years of ill communication, which ill communication is still a fantastic. We've talked about beastie boys on this show before. Um, and watch it, give it a watch. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's not, it doesn't take, they can take two hours of their time. It takes 15 minutes. You could turn it into two hours. Yeah. Just watch it over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then our last bit of news, which we're really excited about. I'm hoping to get a screener so we can talk to you about it. It is the new, tr- the new documentary from Martin Scorsese. It'll be exclusively on Netflix. It is the documentary rolling thunder review, a Bob Dylan story. Uh, basically in the mid seventies, Bob Dylan had this crazy idea to do the Rolling Thunder review tour where he didn't play to sell out crowds. He basically went to bingo halls and small venues and yeah, played weird a lot places. of really cool music. And there's a crazy, really cool documentary by Scorsese that is coming out uh, June 12th on Netflix. And in addition to this documentary, the entire Rolling Thunder review will be uh, released on June 7th, just next week, in a 14-disc box set. Jacob, have you gotten those in the store yet? No, it's not out yet. Yeah, well, it's on the 7th. Yeah. All that's right. that's what what is today? That's Friday. It'll be Friday. It'll be Friday. I've been wanting this thing for so long. Like I have the CD. It's like a two CD thing. That's the only thing that's ever been put out before. Yeah, as part of that like Bob Dylan archive series. Yeah, that's my favorite fucking era of him. And I'm a big. I love Roger McGuinn. I do too. McGuinn's in the band and the so twelve string guitar. So guy. is Mick Ronson. He's the guitar player on this tour. But I love man. Like so, is this like this fourteen disc box set? So there's no records, they're just CDs. No, they're making there's a four there's a four LP box set that's coming too. Okay. Yeah. So is this going to be insanely expensive? The 14 CD one probably. I bet the four LP ones, I mean 100 bucks and nah, probably bucks. no more than even probably like 80 or something I would Okay. Think. So uh, that'd be another great Halloween costume. <laughs> Go as Dylan during the Rolling Thunder, paint your face white and wear some goofy, crazy costume. No, so that's what he did. Like with when you watch this trailer, because you can watch the trailer now, but when you watch this documentary, you can see like 
Because, like, you picture Bob Dylan now, he's, like, real quiet and he sounds like this. But, like, in this thing, it looks like he was having the most fun of his life. Probably. Like, just going crazy, having fun, and, like, doing all sorts of shit. What do you think? Man, I, dude, I fucking... Something about, like, I, my favorite Dylan album is Desire. Okay. So, that's this tour. Okay. So, you know, they do, like, Hurricane, One More Cup of Coffee. Yeah. Uh, Isis, you know. Like, that's just a, such a weird mix of musicians. Yeah. And they kind of revolved, too. Like, some nights it they'd have, like, Joan Baez, you know. And so it was kind of like this, you know, it's like the Stones did it in, like, the 60s. Like, the uh, rock and roll circus thing they did. They had, like, Clapton and, you know, these other people come play with them. And there's this big, yeah. big top type thing. Yeah. But it never toured it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, man. And they I think they've been working on this for a fucking long time. No, they have. So Martin Scorsese, of course, he's done a lot of Rolling Stones documentaries. He's one of the camera people for Woodstock. And then he's gotten into business with Netflix recently because his new big epic $200 million gangster movie with Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, and Al Pacino is coming out on Netflix soon. But before that, this amazing Bob Dylan uh, documentary about the Rolling Thunder Review, which hopefully... They'll kind of screen uh, for us in the theater because it'll be fun to see on the big screen in the theater. So I don't know. Check out the documentary, but it'll be on Netflix and it's going to be super cool. Well, they tried to make like there's a movie that came out in the 70s. I I can't remember the name of it, but it was they've I can't remember the director's name, but he filmed part of the tour and they released it and it's not very good. But uh, yeah, man, this this Scorsese thing is going to be awesome. Does it say how long it is? Uh, it is. I'm not sure how long it will be. Let me see. It's got to be at least two hours. Well, I know. I think it will be. Uh, let's see. Rolling Thunder review. I'm going to definitely ask for this um, review doc. Umentary. How much? How long will you be? Excuse me. No eh, runtime. I don't know. It will, uh, uh, it is two hours, two and a half hours. Okay, yeah, cool. It needs to be that long. Man. I mean, I wish it was longer because, like, stuff like Woodstock or, uh, the, the Monterey Pop Festival, you really want, like, all three days filmed. Well, like, have one you one. seen the fucking Woodstock box set that's coming out? Yes, I have. I definitely want it. Yeah, that, I mean, it's like 86 CDs or something like that. Yeah, well, it's the whole thing, I think. Right? Yeah, I don't. Maybe 86 is a little much. It, it's like 40, I think. Yeah, no, it's the whole whole thing because they've never released the entire thing. Yet. Yeah, like CCR played there. No, I know, and they've never been released on the, a Woodstock mm-hmm. album, which is crazy. Shauna is a big Jay Giles fan. Yeah, and I was telling her that they got offered to play uh, Woodstock and they turned it down. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. Because they were, they said they were like three days in the mud. No one needs that, and then they didn't play. They thought it wasn't going to be like a good opportunity. For well, them. most of the people who said no to it were like, "Oh, it's the summer festival tour. It's just in, in the middle of a fucking farm. Nobody's yeah. going to go. Nobody knew. No. So, I mean, the Doors said no. You know, there's like there's actually a Wikipedia list of the acts that were asked to do it but said no for their very reasons. Man, Beatles I, were one of them. Dude, the fucking the lineup for that was perfect. Yeah, it was so good. The only one that ever stood out was Bananarama. Bananarama? Not Bananarama. Shauna Na? No, but they they crushed it, dude. No, they did, but it was so it, it was great. Well, yeah. you, they cut to the crowd. See in the 
and the only I think portion different versions of the Woodstock movies that have been released. I think they only show like two songs of Sha Na Na, and it's just on them, the band, the whole time. But if you think about it, you got a bunch of fucking people out in the middle of this field who are basically stuck. Yeah. And then Sha Na Na comes out, so they all stand up and start fucking dancing around and stuff. Yeah. It's just 40 minutes of fun goof. I mean, they were the kind of oddball on there, but it, it worked. Yeah. It, it's, it's good stuff. And we are definitely going to try to cover this. Woodstock set as well as the Martin Scorsese. Well, another documentary. good another good documentary that's coming out. That Cameron Crowe did is about David Crosby. Oh yeah, David Crosby. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so Cameron Crowe, of course, did Almost Famous and Jerry Maguire. But the David Crosby documentary that, um, that comes out, I think, this month. Uh, it is called Remember My Name, I believe. And it's an hour and a half long, and the release date is July nineteenth. Next month, yeah. They've been he's been filming that for like yeah. Cameron Crowe uh, produced it. AJ Eaton directed it, but it's called David Crosby. Remember my name, and it will showcase him and his yeah. David Crosby, Stephen Stills, and well, he was in the Birds. Yeah, the, the Birds. Yeah. With 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 Young. Here, look. You want to know how fucked up Spotify is? Crosby tweeted one time like a picture of a, his royalty check. Yeah. And it was for like in a in a month or something, four or five million streams of eight miles high. Mm-hmm. And it was like for $120. Yeah, it was bullshit. And then Peter Peter Frampton did the same thing for like a, I don't know, Baby I Love Your Way or whatever. Yeah. Fucking same thing. It's like in a calendar month, it had like 15 million streams and he got a check for... $186. Yeah, it's, it's bullshit. No, yeah, it's fucked up, man. Just buy the album. Yeah, don't be a fucking turd burglar. Turd burglar. When's the last time you heard that one? Turd burglar. All right, that wraps up our news for episode 22. We're going to move on to... You're a real turd burglar. Yeah, turd, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on to our question. We didn't have much time to uh, put this on Reddit, but uh, we didn't get that many responses because we just read it a few minutes ago. But our question, our music question of the day is, if you could have Elton John collaborate with any musician now, who would it be and why? You know, since Elton John is such a versatile musician, stood the test of time with his music, who do you think... He would best collaborate with today, or more importantly, who would you want to see him collaborate with on an album, and what would it sound like? So, usernames are hard. Fifty nine said, "I just want an updated live version of Eminem singing Stan." No, no, and, sir. And then a morning of sleep said, "Mersbow," which I don't know who that is. Oh man, that would be funny. That's he's like Mersbow is like this Japanese noise artist. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, I've never heard of Murs Battle. Oh, dude, it's, that music is fucking nuts. <laughs> Serious, dude. It's like some. He's got this series. I think it's called like Thirteen Japanese Birds or something like that. Yeah, that, I don't even think you wouldn't. I wouldn't really call that music. It's fucking out there, man. Like, do you know who Scott Walker was? No. Okay, this is a good documentary. You should watch it. Okay, but like. He would hang like racks of meat, and then Mike put mics on, and then slapping. That was like <laughs> stuff, stuff like that. Real, just unorthodox, fucking crazy ass music. That would be weird. That's hilarious. That guy, <laughs> that guy wins the prize. A morning of sleep. Thank you, yeah. Mersbow. <laughs> we'll we'll be sending you a 
package of nothing. <laughs> uh, I think if I were to do that, I would think I would kind of like maybe want the New Orleans, Louisiana uh, Jazz Preservation Band. and Yeah, go back to like Tumbleweed Connection. Yeah, and shit. yeah. And Elton John. Yeah. Do some like real like... Like one of the Neville brothers or yes, something? Yes, I think that would be awesome. This So... Th- to answer the question, the person has to be living, right? Like, can't be someone deceased. No, no. Okay. Dude, I'm telling Axel Rose would be the best one. Oh, man. Axel and Elton. Dude, well, think about it. Like, November Rain. They both stra- kind of have same octaves, too. Well, they're both fucking great piano players. Right. But, yeah, and Axel has, is a huge, huge Elton John fan. Like, always. Like, when, they, when they, that controversy thing came out with, like, one in a million... Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, he, you know, Axel's like, you know, immigrants, faggots, says all this shit, right? He's like, man, one of my favorite artists is Elton John. And people thought he was joking. And then, like, when they had the benefit thing yeah. for Freddie Mercury at yeah. Wembley, and they play together. They do Bohemian Rhapsody right. together. And it's fucking killer. Yeah. But, like, imagine Elton John and Axel playing, like, Funeral for a Friend together. Candle in the Wind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or even just writing new music that is... They could even be like just all ballady piano shit. It would well, be would fucking. Be so cool. It would be fucking incredible. I wonder why. Because you know they're friends. I wonder yeah. why they've never kind of. Well, Elton John's on his way out. Really, like I don't know if he wants to do. The, well, he's doing like tour. a three-year fucking farewell tour. But I wonder if he would ever like write music again. Maybe I bet he would probably write music, but not tour. Okay, but I, I mean, he'd have to really like. Elton John is like one of those people where, you you. If you just started writing down songs you knew, yeah, he, you could go through twenty like like that, right? So many fucking great songs, right? So it's like, why would he even really need to write? Like in the eighties when he just fucking tanked, yes, you know, made that fucking leathery punk thing. <laughs> I think "Victim of Love" was like a. I think that was the name. I'm of trying it. to remember. He's on the front. It looks like you know, it's very very eighties looking, and it's just it's horrible, man. Yeah, like. I don't know, but yeah, he's. It would have to be someone that would really fucking like turn that light on again, like the creative spark. And I bet, I mean, if anybody would do it, Axl Rose would show up and fucking they would go on a Hunter S. Thompson type of road trip and come that up. With or that or the reason they've never done it is because that's too fucking too big fucking diva egos, egos. man. Yeah, yeah dude, <laughs> the bitch is back on both sides. Totally. There. So that is our question. If you have any answers, please. We only got us. three responses, just two, because Fuck. we didn't. Well, Mer, like, hey, I'd I'd be curious to hear the Mersbow thing. <laughs> Mersbow. Now I'm curious. Mersbow. Yeah, I mean, it's some of the shit you'll listen to it and you're like, man, this sounds like someone just put a microphone on a kite that's flying up in the air. Yeah, no, like for it's sure. real, real fucking weird. All right. Uh, so on to our one hit wonder. Of the week, where we talk about a one-hit wonder, discuss it. How do they make it? How do they not make it after that? The song is called Bodies, often incorrectly called Let the Bodies Hit the Floor, by Drowning Pool. Uh, This song was released May 14th in 2001 from Drowning Pool. Bodies, and if you remember the song, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. Let the Bodies Hit the Teen Teen Floor. So... This um, this band, Drowning Pool, was formed actually in Dallas, Texas yeah, in Dallas, 1996 Texas. and consisted of uh, C.J. Pierce, uh, Steve Benton, Mike Luce, 
and uh, Dave Williams. Dave Williams, Jason Jones, Ryan McCombs. Uh, they're all been part of that. But yeah, they formed here, and they uh, their their first album called Sinner had the song Bodies, which instantly be- got them to start them. They never really recovered after that because... They only needed that one they song. They only needed that one. Uh, A, because when that song came out, everybody loved it. But then uh, 9-11 happened, and basically their album was looked at like, oh, we can't play this song because Let the Bodies Hit the Floor when people were jumping off the... I never made the connection. Yeah, I don't... What? <laughs> I've never even heard this. Are you making this up? No, that no, that is a real thing uh, that happened. Um, that people were not... The controversy and military's use of the song. Due yeah. to the misinterpretations of its lyrics, the song created controversy. The song was linked to the 2011 Arizona shooting of Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords. Soon after the shooting, the band issued a statement concerning the link. We were devastated the week, this weekend to learn the tragic events that occurred. Yada, yada, yada. Um, the song was used by interrogators at Guantanamo Bay as well. Yeah, I knew that, I knew it was like a big military song because, I mean, dude, that song gets you fucking jacked. Right. And if your job is to, like, go out and just fucking blast people. Yeah. There you go. All of the tracks on this album were written by Drowning Pool. Um, but I don't, you didn't say anything about 9-11, though. That's not in here, but I remember strictly that people were like, we're not playing that because of Let the Bodies Hit the Floor because of the people jumping off the towers to not burn up in the fire. Yeah. That was a thing. I remember that. Hmm. But, like, it's not because the music. It's just Let the Bodies Hit the Floor. Well, it floor. came out, you said it came out in May? Uh, May 4, 2000, May 14, 2001. Yeah, so, I mean... Right. It's not like they wrote it after. So the music, uh, it's if, if you if you've heard it, it's 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 a good song. Everybody's heard this song. So CJ came up with the riff, and I thought that was cool, and said, "Let the bodies hit the floor." And they looked at me and said, "That's pretty cool." We just built it around that hook, and the rest fell into place. It's about my perspective when I look out and I see the pit. It's about forgetting everything that's happened to you that week. Leave your bullshit at the door and get get it all out. But you have to respect for the others in the pit. If you push them down, you have to pick them back up. It's not about violence. Uh, it's about a certain amount of respect and a code. And that's what let the bodies mean. They wrote about a mosh pit is what they said. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone moshing at a fucking disturbed or a drowning pool. Comes <laughs> oh, that's I good. don't think they were probably helping each other up. That song makes you lose your shit. No, it does because it's got like it's you hear it and you're you hear like the 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 hi hat like shh, shh, do, 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 do. yeah dude. yeah it, it's really good um, and so they never had like a one hit thing but it it made the tracks for Hot 100 singles, modern rock tracks, and mainstream rock. Like, dude, well, think about the fucking shit music that was out in 2001. Yeah, not a lot. And I'm not really a fan of. I mean, this is the only song I would even. But in know. a sea of like that PG 13 grunge of the time, or consider themselves hard rock, which it wasn't. Dreamful really was like getting into it. Oh yeah, well fucking they weren't. They were on Ozfest, man. <laughs> like they were. They were fucking poised to like be pretty successful. 
And then he died. Yeah, and then the the lead singer killed himself. Unfortunately, he didn't kill himself. No, wait, what happened? He overdosed. Yeah, he, he overdosed. like had an OD, which was unfortunate. Um, and then, uh, and so we're big wrestling fans here. I remember the song being used at the SummerSlam pay per view in two thousand one. That was like the theme song, SummerSlam, and that was before nine eleven as well. Right before. Remember when they had Jeremy Piven and the Asian guy from The Hangover? Oh, Wesley Chow, yes. Yeah, and, and Jeremy Piven called it uh, Summerfest. Yeah, Summerfest. <laughs> and, no, Summer and then the Asian guy, Summerslam. Oh, yeah. During 2000, the song got popular, but the song was taken off radio stations after the September 11th attacks because the song was considered inappropriate in the wake of the terrorist attack. I don't I mean, I get it, but I also don't. No, I don't see the relation. Like, other than, like, okay, let the bodies hit the floor, but. Just, just that string of words in a sentence, but it's not about people jumping off a building. Yeah, that's a, that's a stretch. It is, but everyone, shit, people have been offended forever, right? Uh, so that's what it was. There was a big music video directed by Glenn Bennett. Uh, it had the band performing in a mental institution. How many? Go to YouTube and see how many views it has. Okay, I bet it's like in the hundreds of millions. <laughs> Serious. Drowning pool bodies music video. Here we go. Nothing wrong with me. Two. Nothing wrong with me. See, and that's like a show that could have been on Sesame Street, too. Learn to count with the count. Learning to count with the count. Bodies hit the floor. It It is good stuff. It has. 100.6 100.6 million views. Yes, I knew it. I knew it was in the 100 million. Um, so the best comment <laughs> by Foxter Ashido said, old YouTube starter pack, GTA San Andreas, drowning pool, unregistered hypercam. <laughs> My brain during the exam let the bodies hit the floor. Uh <laughs> There's Dude, that's a song like if, if you have chore day at home. Roses are red, knock on the door, let the bodies hit the floor. Damn. <laughs> Comment section is gold on that. Yeah, they're really good. But yeah, over 100 million views, which I'm I'm I'm, pre- I'm pleasant. Oh, I knew happy I, about I that. knew it would be there. You would? You did? Oh yeah, that's what I said. I I said hundreds of millions. I figured it was like 300 or so. Yeah, over 100 million. Is that do they are do they have any records out cuz that was at a time when they really weren't making a lot of records. I don't know right? if that exists on. I mean, they got a new they still play and stuff. Like they have a new they got a different no, singer. No. They do. Yeah. Uh well, we'll see. Maybe it'll release for a record store day. But uh, that is our one hit wonder. Look up Drowning Pool Bodies, not to be confused with. I mean, it is the same song, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor, but that's not the song title. It's just called Bodies. 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 All right, let's move on to our main feature presentation Elton John this week. Sir. Sir Elton Hercules John, but born Reginald Kenneth Dwight, March 25th, 1947, in Pinner, Middlesex, England. Uh, yeah, he started making music in 1962 and is still going. He has two children. He's been married twice. Uh, yeah, Elton John, there's just no way you grew up with listening to music and not hearing Elton John. Um, he is the eldest child of his family 
And, uh, yeah, in 1962, he basically started playing at a nearby pub um, on a piano. What year was Weekend he born? What year was he born? He was born in 1947. He is 72. I was just trying to think how old he would have been in 1962. So 57. So 15? 15. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. So he yeah, – it, it's crazy. At the age of 15 – he became a weekend pianist at a nearby pub, which is crazy, playing Thursday to Sunday. <laughs> With the help of his stepfather and his mother, he he did that. He did a lot of popular music uh, by Jimmy Reeves and Ray Charles, and then a couple that he written by himself. Um, he did a stint with the group The Corvettes around this time. And, uh, yeah, he... So he always had problems with his eyesight, so he started wearing the big horned rim glasses because he really loved Buddy Holly. Mm -hmm. So he started kind of like that's, you know. I didn't know he had eye problems. Yep. God, I don't know anything. It's crazy. Well, I knew his real name kind of almost. So, yeah, there we go. Um, what was Look up the, his first album, because it's not this one called Elton John. I can see the picture. Well, in 1962, he formed a band called Bluesology with his friends. But his first album, debut album, uh, was what his debut album. God, I can see the fucking cover. It's like purple and it's a it, drawing. It, well, his first album, 1977, was called Himself. No. Not, but not, it was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. No. No? no, that's totally wrong. No, no, you're you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I am sorry. That is not the. That is not true. No. His first album was 1969 called Empty Sky. That's it. Empty Skies. Released June 6, 1969. It was not uh, released in the United States though until 1975. But it was with different cover art as well. But this album came out in 1969. It was six years later that it was finally released in the U.S. Yeah, it's not a great one. Uh, I mean, Skyline Pigeon is probably the only one you would like remember, right? I don't really much care for that one. But after that, that whole he's got like a run of like. Well, so his his second one, 1970, Elton John yeah. self titled, uh, where you'd have your song "Take Me to the Pilot," "Rock and Roll Madonna," which was a bonus track, and then "Border Song." But I think it was a. So he released two albums in 1970, and I think Jacob's favorite album, Tumbleweed Connection. Mm-hmm. What do you like about this album? Because Man. I think it, I, I I really think that when you think of Elton John, you don't really think of country, western, yeah, or that time. That's why I love it. Like, yeah. It's the same with like the Stones and Sticky Fingers. Yeah. It's like a very American sound. Right. Like, and in, in his voice is on it is fucking great. I mean, I love Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, too. That'd probably be my second favorite one. But Tumbleweed Connection's got this fucking cool, like, you know, dirty south, like, muscle shoals kind of sound to it. Like, in the guitar playing on it's fucking great. So he said all all songs were written by Elton and a guy named Bernie Taupin. Yeah, Bernie Taupin. Yeah, he did all the lyrics. Okay. He's like kind of the Robert Hunter of the Grateful Dead. Okay. Like they just, the dead just, he, that's awesome if you have like a partner like that. Like yeah. Two geniuses working together. Like, oh, I'm going to, I'm focusing all my time on the music. It'd be real great if I had someone able to do the lyrics and then boom. And then did Mick Ronson just do electric guitar or did he like help produce this? On on what? On Tumbleweed Connection. Oh, he probably what? Mick Ronson is on this? Feature yeah, Madman Across the Water featuring Mick Ronson on electric guitar. Well Madman Across was the also Water, a, that's a different album. Okay. 
You need to get it together, sir. Okay. Well, it's, it's saying that it was recorded here, and uh, there were dub, overdubs completed for Tumbleweed Connection, an early version of Madman Across the Water featuring Mick Ronson on electric guitar. Yeah, that came out later. Okay. I didn't know that... It doesn't say... He's not pictured in here. Okay. I didn't know that. That's why I got all excited. I was like, well, wait a minute. Well, I guess Gus Dungeon was the producer of it. Bernie Taupin was the lyricist. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Take that. <laughs> there, there, there you go. That's how I knew that the I don't I didn't want to see Rocket Man. Uh-huh. Cuz not to take anything away from Elton John. Yeah. But they should have focused in that movie like all the reviews I read on it of, of music fans are like, "Man, Bernie Taupin is like kind of in and out of the movie." And he was a huge part of this fucking sound. Right. He fucking wrote the lyrics to Rocket Man. Right. You know, like I they weren't telling that story, I guess. No, no, yeah. yeah. Well, who who even fucking cares? Like, so I'm looking at this, it looks like Dusty Springfield was on Tumbleweed Connection. See, I don't as see vocals and stuff like that. I didn't know that either. Which is pretty crazy. So after after Tumbleweed Connection came Mad Men Across the Water. Yeah. Honky Chateau. Honky Chateau is a fucking phenomenal record. So Honky Chateau, uh, I mean, you look at the picture and you're like, that's Elton John? Yes, that's Elton John. So with His hair's Honky running Chateau, away. you get Rocket Man on there and Honky Cat. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'm going get to kill myself. Back. Honky Cat. Well, he, did, he tried. He tried to kill himself. He did? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think he's tried to kill himself a few times. I'm trying to remember about that. Yeah, this I was... I don't remember that. Yeah, early, early on. Wow. Drown, he tried to drown himself. Oh, that's pills. right. That's right. Because he got really into a lot of like the, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll scene, right? Big time. Man, that's pretty crazy. So, yeah, I guess this it's a tongue-in-cheek parody of a moody teenager's thoughts about suicide. However, I think... That's what he said. Yeah, that's, there's a fucking... That's the autobiographical song for sure. Okay. So, you know, everybody knows that song, but then he did Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player, and then in 1973, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which everybody pretty much knows. That has that album might have the best fucking opening sequence of on a record ever. Funeral for a Friend, yeah, Love dude, Lies Bleeding. It starts with this fucking crazy synthesizer, like... Like a kind of like a funeral march, yeah. You know, real grim. Yeah, and then it just starts to fuck. It's like the Texas Giant. Like you just start ascending, and you can feel it fucking building, building, building. <laughs> and then, oh man, that's a that's such a fucking great, great opening song. And so, like side one of that album is that song, and then Candle in the Wind, and then Benny and the Jets, and then it goes to side two, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Those yeah, are, just yeah, it keeps yeah, hitting. It keeps, yeah, it's and it's a fucking phenomenal cover. Like it's a triple. Like you get to open it three times. Three times, it's a triple. Yeah, and gatefold. All, all the art in it is badass. Jamaica jerk off. Like who wouldn't fucking love that? <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, man. Elton John is awesome. So I'm seeing like Nigel Olson, D. Murray. Yeah, Nigel Olson was the drummer, right? Uh, it, it, he just he, he kept a lot of people for a while. Yeah, until the 
I think a lot of these guys left after Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, actually. Because what's the next album? Uh, Caribou. And okay. then Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. That's the last great one. Rock of Westies, Blue Moves, A Single Man, Victim of Love. And then we get yeah, to Yeah, Victim 19- of Love, dude. Read a review on that. Victim of Love. Basically... C minus and below. Oh yeah, that's an F. <laughs> uh, he basically, yeah, I guess, he did a cover of Johnny Be Good on there and Street Boogie, and just nobody really liked this at all because he had Michael McDonald was on this album. Yamo uh, be there? <laughs> yeah, he was background vocals, uh, but pretty much it went on everybody's bottom of the list. He just. You know, he was trying to do the thing. And then he got into his 80s thing with Leather Jackets, Ice on Fire. Yeah, Leather Jackets. Check out that cover. Yeah, Leather Jackets. It's kind of like a... Um, what's it called? Village People. Well, there's that, but it's uh, it almost looks like... Um, what's his name? The famous art pop artist. Uh, the Campbell Soup guy. Oh, fucking Andy Warhol? Yeah, because, I, I mean, look at it. Well, you got to look at the back, though. Okay. So it's it's interesting, but, like, again, nobody liked it. I'm trying to think of a time. Well, I think he really got his step back in Good Gracious in the early 90s when he did the Lion King soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Because, good God, that soundtrack's amazing, him and Tim Rice. Like, and he doesn't really do anything. I don't think he really plays anything off of it anymore. No, so I've seen him twice in concert, and both times never played any Lion King stuff, yeah. which is unfortunate because some of those songs are unbelievably good. Yeah. Uh, so, and then his most recent album was 2016, and it was called Wonderful Crazy Night, and it's basically like he gave up on artwork, you know? <laughs> He Just looks like him. he's having fun, though. It's true. He, well, he is. He but. did an album with Leon Russell that's badass before Leon Russell died. Well, Leon Russell uh, did music with pretty much everybody. But I'm, I'm looking to see which one he did. So, I yeah, here we go. Tour. He released The Union on October 19, 2010, collaboration with Leon Russell. Uh, so he, said, he paid for, like, Leon Russell was real sick, and I think Elton John... Paid for like a lot of his medical stuff and did this album to kind of get him back on his feet. Right. I saw this tour. It was really, it was really good. Well, this is right around the time when he was at Caesar's Palace in Vegas for a while. Yeah. So, I mean, he's really done everything. You know what else threw him back into the spotlight in a morbid way? What? Is when Princess Diana died. No, for sure. Yeah. And then he fucking redid. Yes. Candle, Candle in, in the Wind. wind. Man, that fucking. That that song and like uh, like Bob Seger against the wind. Yeah, those are two songs where it's like, man, those those songs will make me fucking cry. And and this is crazy to hear because I don't know. It's very hard to find another musician that's done this. But Elton John has more than fifty top forty hits. Yeah, unbelievable. As well as seven consecutive number one albums in the United States. Fifty eight Billboard top forty singles. Twenty seven top singles top 10 singles, four of which reached number two and nine that reached number one. His tribute candle in the wind, 1997 was rewritten, rewritten in dedication to princess Diana, which sold over 33 million copies yeah, worldwide and is the best selling single in the history of the UK and U S single charts. Yeah, totally. It That's unbelievable. Yeah, it should have been because when you think, of Elton John. I mean, you go down a list of songs like Benny and the Jets, Rocket Man, 
the sun doesn't go down on me. Uh, the um, tiny dancer, like your song. Yes, uh, you um, also um, even stuff from Lion King. And there's just so many, and when you hear them, like he has, he has a pattern of his songs that he wrote with because usually they feature two verses and the chorus, and that's it. There's no, there's really no third verse ever. Um, but it's they're so good, and like there was a time like when he wrote Rocket Man, that song is unbelievably amazing. Well, yeah, and then even think about in the fucking Almost Famous, right? That the song Tiny Dancer in Almost Famous, one of the best scenes in a yeah, movie ever. And then it, and then that kind of like got younger people back into him again. Like I bet that I bet that song went back and hit number one after that movie came. No, out. for sure it did, just because it's uh, it. It's such a fitting song in the scene in the context of the right, movie. Like right. they all fucking want to kill each other. They're all fucking over it, right? And then that song comes on and they're all like, man, you know what? Right. It's not really that bad. No, it's 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 really good. The So John, Elton John and Taupin uh, then wrote the soundtrack to the obscure film Friends and then the album Mad Men Across the Rotter, the latter reaching number eight in the U.S., producing the hit songs Levon and the album's opening track Tiny Dancer. Uh, Tiny Dancer just, I mean, this song alone has sold so much. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, it's... It, it's it's pretty crazy just that song alone what what it's done um, and it's usually on everybody's best song ever list yeah fucking Tony Danza and it's basically just one verse and he just repeats it twice hey sometimes that's all you need to do no it's true and so with with his songs as good as they are and his music playing ability as good as they are he actually went the extra step. And went very theatrical with his wardrobe and his onstage persona kicking over the chair. Well, yeah, think about it. He's playing, he was kind of like the Who, but just like a piano gay player. Well, he's playing an instrument that you're not able to be mobile on. Right, but he kind of made it mobile. Well, he created like a show. Right. You know, like it was a... Costume changes. Well, even like he played like there's a show he did in like... In 1971, maybe at the Troubadour, uh-huh. and that's the, the photo of him where he's his hands are on the piano and in his the foot, feet, his feet yeah. are both of his feet are off the ground. Yeah, and that like kind of fucking launched him right there. Yeah, uh, I mean he's kind of he kind of was like a flamboyant Jerry Lee Lewis, right? Uh, and like you think like he would, wait, but a lot of his songs like you know have stuff about fighting people. You know, fight. Dude, he was angry, man. Yeah, I'm telling he was. you, like. Fucking, he did, probably just didn't know who he was, you know? Don't let the sun go down on me. The bitch is back. Like, damn good stuff. Um, well, he's the one, like, most people would fucking kill to have one song like that, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And he wrote 93 of them. <laughs> yes, no, it's crazy. Yeah. And did you know Pete Townsend of The Who asked him to play the character, the local lad in the film adaptation of Tommy? Is he in it? Uh, he was asked to perform Pinball Wizard too. Uh, I don't remember if I think he is in it. Yeah, he? I, don't, I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. No, Clapton is in it. <laughs> I haven't seen that in forever. Uh, but yeah, the his his 
outfits are iconic. He's played with so many, and he's really into giving back to the people. He's done all the AIDS charities. He's done, you know, he's he's outspoken too about politics. Well, he fuck. What's awesome is he's he's what seventy something, seventy two, and his concerts average two and a half, three hours. No, no. So I, both times I've seen him, he plays for three hours because he has so many songs, and he, that's there's no breaks. Yeah. It's like Paul McCartney, but Paul McCartney has like eight bands. Elton John just has Elton John. That's how many hits he has, like yeah. by himself. Yeah, dude, it's fucking. And he's still doing it. And I look at myself like, fuck him. At seventy two, am I out there going crazy? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> you won't be. No, not. you could be. I guess. And speaking of Lion King, uh, the Lion King sold fifteen million copies right away. Uh, it's pretty good. In nineteen ninety four, Elton John was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame by Axl Rose. Oh really, Axel Rose? Oh, you know what? I, I knew, I knew that actually, because Axel's got like a fucking weird red coat on and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. Which you know, that's awesome. How did they not make an album together? This, that's a lot of ego, man. Like, so, like two. <laughs> sometimes two geniuses cannot work together. You think they would make it work? It's politics. It's, it's no not different. Politics. Than, yeah, it's, no. It's. I'm saying it's no different than politics. Ah. Um, like it's too. It's too much of that ego clash. Yeah. Uh, and then also interesting left, which many musicians haven't done. Uh, Elton John performed with Luciano Pavarotti, the opera singer. Wow. Like Jesus Christ, that's unbelievably good. Uh, well, Elton John is like the type of music. He's like a musician's musician. Like he could go play with fucking anybody. Right. Like, oh, make you want, it good. You want to play with Metallica? He he would outplay him. And then, interestingly enough, in 2009, Elton John uh, went to collaborate with Allison Chains, the band. Like, oh, he play. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He plays on. Um, Allison Chains has an album called "Black Gives Way to Blue." Blue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he fucking played. That's yeah. right. I think he's only on one song though. But still, like. I mean, it seems like people like from all of these musicians we mentioned, everybody has respect for him and want to play with him because he's that much of a genius. Fucking Elton John, man. And that's why we asked the question, who do you want to see him collaborate with? Yeah. Because he's done it all. It's pretty crazy. Did they use any of the Elton John music from the animated Lion King in the real animal one? So it's not the real animal one. It's just it's still animated, but no. I thought it was real tigers. Oh, okay. Whatever. (laughs) Live action, I guess, is what I should have said. It's not live action. It's animated. You know what I'm saying, I know what you're saying. The upcoming Lion King movie. The kid isn't fucking animated. Right. Yeah. Wait, wait. What? The Lion King. They remade it, right? They're remaking it. I thought it was already done. No. Well, it comes out this year, but there's no kid in it. It's still lions. Donald. There's a kid in in it though. That's Jungle Book. Oh yeah, that's right. That's what I was thinking. Because <laughs> I was like, no, I know there's a snake in it. Uh, uh, Jungle Book. Damn it. So interestingly enough, a really funny thing. Well, Elton John doesn't matter. Elton John performed a piano duet with Lady Gaga at the 52nd annual Grammy Awards, but not just that. On June 6th of 2010. Elton John performed at the fourth wedding of Rush Limbaugh for a reported $1 million fee. <laughs> Which really? is really fun. It's just great. I wonder if Elton John's ever been on Howard's show. Howard Stern? Uh-huh. Mm, I, I, figured, I figured Howard Stern would be a massive fan of Elton John. I think so. Let me look. Howard Stern, Elton John. I'm pretty sure because he's pretty much... 
Elton John, the Howard, the National Howard Stern Radio Show. Uh, yeah. Looks like it hasn't been for a while, though. Yeah. But, I gotta watch that. Um, I, I just got, uh, Howard book. Stern's yeah, new yeah, book, yeah, yeah. and I've been reading it. It's great. Um, he's, he performed with Ed Sheerhan, Rod Stewart, T-Bone Burnett, and then recently, if you've seen the Kingsman movies, which they're fun, in the sequel, The Kingsman, Elton John shows up as himself, and that's where he met Taron Edgerton, and that's why Taron Edgerton now plays him in the movie Rocket Man, which is out in theaters right now. That guy does his own vocals in that movie. Correct. They did not uh, put Elton's vocals yeah. in it. He does his own. I think, though, Elton is one of the producers, too. Like, he was very right. involved in it. Um, interestingly enough, Elton John also composed and arranged lyrics to Two Fingers of Whiskey, written by Bernie Toppin specifically for the film, uh, the American epic, uh, live on camera with the help of Jack White and T-Bone Burnett, which Dude, is super cool. I'm telling you, man, Bernie Toppin is equally as important to Elton John's success as Elton John is. Right. Because those lyrics are fucking undeniable. Like, No, they, they're really good. But do you think that it's Bernie... I think it's 50-50. Well, when the last time I saw him, Elton said, like, yeah, I have I have this idea. I write it down, and then I give it to Bernie, and Bernie writes it. Here's how you know. When you when you take out the book in Tumbleweed Connection, right? Yeah. This is the band, so their photos are smaller. <laughs> yeah. Look whose photo is his the first. same. His Bernie name is, Taupin. His yes. name is, he's, he's first. He's first. He's Elton John is second villain. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they're fucking... I'm telling you, that that is like a writing partnership that happens once in a lifetime. Yeah, correct. It, like, it is even crazy. the photo, like, when even in the gatefold when you open it, right? You got Elton, and then boom. Yeah, Bernie. In the, on it's the Bernie train. and Elton. Yeah. Like, well, I think at his last show he talked about Bernie. He was like, "Yeah, I, I have an idea for a song. I write it down, and Bernie makes it. Yeah, like it's crazy. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> it, it's un, it's kind of crazy to think about. Like all Elton John did, and I might not be correct, but he just did the music for like T- Tiny Dancer. Maybe had a melody of what he wanted to do, but then just gave the music." To another guy, right? Right. Bernie Toppin, who fucking nailed it. Like, yeah. knew exactly, like, if that song was written about anything else, it wouldn't have made any sense. Right. It's such a perfect combination of lyrics and music. Yeah. Like I, it, I'm sure, like, Elton was like, dee 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 I want this sound. No, I bet he just fucking gave him, I bet he, I bet he, they had, I bet the most trust in each other. Yeah. To where they didn't even want to, you know, skew the mind to go a certain way. That, that would, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's un, unfucking believable. <laughs> I love um, it. Well, on the way over here, I was, I was listening to Funeral for a Friend because the guitar playing on that song is fucking It's really good. Excellent. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, Elton John has Grammys, Brit Awards, and he also has Academy Awards. He's like, been, has Oscars. He's also been knighted. Yes, sir. The very, Sir Patrick Stewart and Sir Elton Hercules John. Sir Paul McCartney. Sir Paul McCartney. Like how many musicians have been knighted? Probably two. Let's, let's look that up. I, I'm, my bet is on two. Many musicians have been knighted. Here we go. Oh, you know what? Three, because one of the Davies brothers got it. I think Ray Davies. A few rock stars have been knighted. 
Sir Paul McCartney, Sir Elton John, Sir Mick Jagger. Oh, that's right, Mick. Much to the anger of his fellow Rolling Stone, Keith Richards, <laughs> who felt that Jagger should have declined. <laughs> Dude. David Bowie was asked, but David Bowie turned it down. Keith is incredible. <laughs> He's probably like, what, oh, is the fucking, what is the fucking queen even doing? Yeah, so uh, that is crazy. Search George Martin, Bob Geldof. You know who George Martin is, it was, right? Um, what is he? Well, he was the, the producer, Beatles, right? The yeah, producer. producer. Sir Paul McCartney, Sir Elton John. Uh, Ravi Shankar, Mick Jagger, Bono, Van, oh. Van Morrison, really, Rod Stewart. Oh yeah, Rod the Mod, <laughs> Ray Davies. I knew it. I knew one of the Davies. I was like, I knew Ray fucking Davies. one of the Kinks was. Uh, uh, Sir Richard Starkey, which you know who Rinko. that is. Yeah, Mr. Rinko. Rinko. dinosaur. <laughs> uh, Barry Gibb. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. So what? A dozen? Yeah. Which is Ravi, United Ravi Shankar? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Because I was thinking at first you had to be English, but I guess not because Bono isn't. No, he's he's a citizen of Ireland. Ireland. He's Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm so from the planet Earth. <laughs> Dude, that's what they should do if aliens ever come take over. Send him up there. Yeah, send him by. Right? Yeah. <laughs> And then they'll throw him back at us after, yeah. like, listening to him for ten minutes. Yeah, he'd go up there and <laughs> compromise their computers. He'd upload some bullshit. Oh, like, no. Now we got this stupid... You know another thing that I hate about you, too? <laughs> I'm a, there's this guy named David Axelrod. Yeah, I know David Axelrod. Okay, yeah. and he had two albums called Songs of Experience yeah. and Songs of Innocence. Yeah. They came out in, like, the late 60s. Yeah. Fast forward to the 2000s. Stupid ass U2 put out two albums with those same titles. It's crazy. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I bet someone on our Reddit says that Elton John should uh, team up with Bono. It hasn't happened yet, thank goodness. I'm telling you, if I ever cross paths with Bono, I'm just going to go, dude, I love growing pain. I love it. Um, soundtracks that Elton John has done new music for Lion King, Ada. Uh, the Muse, The Road to El Dorado, Billy Elliot, Lestat, Nomeo, and Juliet. Is Billy Elliot a, a Western? No. It is the about the, the young kid that tap dances and dances. <laughs> not even close. Not, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> you, remember the, you remember that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode with the flamboyant gay kid? Oh, yes. Yeah, so when he wanted, like, the sewing kit yeah, or something Larry, like so that. Yeah, so Larry gets it for him, yeah. and then he fucking stitches a swastika onto a sweater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, he's that kid's so fucking gay. Because, well, what's funny is that the kid is, like, outlandishly gay and, like, flaming. And his mother's, like, not, like, the mother's not, like, buying it. Yeah, yeah. And, like... And Larry embraces it. Oh, yeah, Larry embraces it. Because Larry get goes. at him for it. Well, Larry, it's, really it's great because Larry's like, I can create chaos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he does, man. He fucking, he gets that kid the sewing kit. No, it's so good. I said, that is a good one. Uh, hey, wasn't Elton John in that show Extras with Ricky Gervais? 
So it doesn't show that on here, but it shows that he's been in The Simpsons, he's been in South Park, oh, Spice World, the been, Muppet Show. He, I know he's been in a couple of Simpsons episodes. Yes. Uh, is he actually in them, though? Yeah, it's his, I guess, it's not as himself, like, okay. it's like, it's his voice. Yeah. As well as South Park, too, so, um, really? which was actually him, yeah. South Park Season 2. Damn. Yeah, one of the first ones. Yeah, that's surprising, actually, because they were... I remember those early episodes being pretty, uh, you know... Get, it might that's too like much a gay big, wiener. And, well, I'm trying to remember which one. So, it, Terrence and Philip is not without my anus. Cartman's mom is still a dirty slut. They had a lover. It's not when they had a music festival. Uh, chef's chocolate salty ball, chicken pop. Yeah, I don't remember which one it was. Maybe he wrote ch- Chef's... Salty balls. I don't think so. I think that was man. I don't remember being being on a South Park. That's fucking wild. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, He was on Nashville, and he was, of course, and he basically has always played himself. He's never played. Google Elton John net worth. Oh, so that actually has that up here. There's a section. Let's guess. Did you already see? I already saw it. Okay, let me guess. Okay, three hundred million dollars. It's probably a little more than that because I guess as of 2009, they had him at $300 million. So that's 10 years later now. I bet you it's more than half a billion. Yeah. I bet you if he sold all of his stuff, he would be worth more. But it looks like in 2000, he admitted to spending 30 million pounds in just under two years, an average of 1.5 million pounds per month. The dude spins. Well, fucking he, he can i was telling me and sean were talking about this yes last night actually and i was telling her like eighty six thousand dollars to a multi-billionaire is the equivalent of like me dollars me finding a cents. me yeah or me finding a quarter yeah you know it's, it's like, like here that's yeah. why a lot of billionaires settle out of court they're like yeah here's 10 million dollars yeah know. what the fuck does it mean Because it will cost me 150 million dollars for lawyers yeah please. yeah here's 10 million there you go so no he's he ha- he he collects cars. He he's in two thousand one. He sold twenty of his cars. Yeah, he's got to Christie's. Have you ever? Well, I think he has like crazy Jaguars, Rolls Royces, Ferraris, Bentleys. Yeah, he's got I'm a lot of Bentleys. I'm surprised. Like so, Jay Leno and Jerry Maguire. I'm not Jerry Maguire. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Show me the money. money. Jerry Seinfeld. They're both into cars. Jerry Seinfeld has a comedians and cars getting coffee. I know Elton John's not a comedian, but I would imagine since Elton John is such you know, a big car collector, they would have them do a show together. Well, I'd be willing to bet that Elton John probably doesn't know about cars. He probably just likes cars. He couldn't tell you the ins and outs of them, I bet. You know, you don't know. I'm assuming. You're right. I shouldn't do that. Because he's... Never know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he he has this AIDS foundation. He, he The dude does a lot. And dude, he's you know, a great... He's a, I mean, I rail on Bono and all, like, just because the music sucks. But right. same thing. I mean, like, how much money do you think that guy makes for charities every fucking year? Hundreds of millions. Yeah, so yeah. that's great. Yeah, they're, do, they're doing well. And, like, you know, when I saw him on this farewell tour a few months ago, he, like, talks. He's like, you know what, guys? I love doing this, but I'm just tired. I just want to be with my family because he has two kids. He has the husband. He, I just want to be with my family. Yeah, dude. Well, like, fucking, he's think, been touring for 50 years. Yeah, so he, he earned it. Yeah. He didn't um, even have to do this. 
He should have just said, fuck y'all, I'm out. <laughs> That's what I would have done. Yeah, the bitch is out. <laughs> so Elton John, I know, I, I, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you have his albums. You have at least 10 of his songs in your collection. But if we had to tell you, you know, besides listening to his hits, I, I mean, one of my favorites is the Tumbleweed Connection. Listen to that because it's just so... You would like this is Elton John, or even on like the self-titled like your song. Yeah, that El- song yeah. is so fucking good. It's good. Uh, it's good stuff. So listen to that, Elton John. Go or don't and be an idiot. Yeah, be an idiot. But hopefully, the unbalanced note is back for good. Back weekly. Drowning pool. Let the bodies hit the floor. Song oh. bodies. <laughs> Elton John, listen, and of course, be sure to check out the upcoming Bob Dylan documentary, the Rolling Thunder Review. You know what? Another thing with Elton John before we go. Yeah. He has a great Christmas album. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what was that I called? hate. I fucking hate Christmas What music. was that called again? Elf. <laughs> it was called Elf. <laughs> no, I can see him on the front because it's all like, he's like hopping over presents and stuff. <laughs> I'm serious. That's like what it, he would do. Elton yeah. John's Christmas party yeah, in 2005. Yeah, yeah, look at the cover. <laughs> it's like animated. Oh, I thought he was like, maybe I'm thinking the back. Yeah, he, he sings all like the the crazy ones. But it also looks like he has, uh, it's like people, like yeah, players he's team, ball yeah, outcasts he, he's on there. He's teamed up with other people. <laughs> the Eagles, man. The fucking Eagles. The fucking Eagles. So Shauna yeah. told me the other night at Lee Harvey's, I was up there, I was sitting outside there because I had the dog with it, with me. Yeah. And she said that, she's like, I'm so glad you fucking brought Omega because there was a guy in the bar talking about how the Eagles were more uh, groundbreaking than the Beatles. Nope. <laughs> That was a forehead slap right there. I would have choked that guy out. (laughs) The Elton John's Christmas party album was exclusively sold at Starbucks. Yeah. For a little bit. I knew that. It was a a Starbucks tie. Uh, But yeah, the Elton John, man, we like that guy. We love him. We wish him the best uh, in his retirement, but we also selfishly hope that he still writes music. (laughs) Nah, I don't. I mean, it would be fun. Like you got me excited with this Axl Rose. Elton well, that's thing. that's different, and we'll, that's what we call a pipe dream. The pipe dream, uh, uh, masturbation. It, it, you know, what would be awesome is if he did a tour and had you know like people come out and play with him. So that would be cool. Yeah, like Slash comes out and plays funeral for a friend. That'd be badass. Yeah. Up on the piano. Yes. November Rain style. I like it. Yeah. They could even if they did the thing with Axl, they could make the. One big grand piano, have them offset each other, <laughs> right? It would be like the Billy Joel and Elton John thing, you know? Yeah, see, I'm not a Billy Joel fan. Like, I mean, if I, I want to hear piano-based rock and roll, there's only two people. Elton Jer- John? Jerry Lee Lewis. Okay. Anyone else just doesn't cut it. I mean, I like Billy Joel. I Have I seen Billy Joel live? Yes, once. However... There, there's songs of his I like. There's songs of his I don't like. I don't like any of it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he? He's married to like Daryl Hannah or something. He was married to not Daryl Hannah. It was uh, what's her name? She Uptown Girl, chicken that. I can't remember her name. I just know Jerry she, Hall. No, that's Christy Brinkley. That's who it was. Christy ooh, Brinkley. It's good for him. Good for him. They that they, they're divorced. Yeah, still though. <laughs> Good run. Good, good, good for you. did well for you. <laughs> yeah. so you're doing well. Well, do you know that Billy Joel like plays a show once a month at like Madison Square Garden? Right. Well, he's New York's boy. Yeah, but he's like, he holds a record for like. For how many times he's played there? Well, I think sold out shows. Yeah. 
Billy Joel, man. But yeah, Elton John, check it out. We are the Unbalanced Note. We will be back next week. Jacob Douglas, you can find him at Scrumchalescence on Instagram. You remembered that after I what I thought was one month. One month, really two three months. months. Yeah, Scrumchalescence, where he's posting uh, his his guitar babies, dogs, and anything else he deems necessary. How do you know this? I thought you weren't on Instagram. I just remember from a long time ago that you just posted <laughs> st- stuff like that. That's all, yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> sometimes I came across some like... I just remember when I was on, I was like, he never posts pictures of himself, which I like. Yeah, that's he dumb. just posts pictures of his stuff. Yeah, that's well, and I'm sure I'm doing. Like, I uploaded that photo one time. You had the book of images you shouldn't masturbate to. Okay, stuff like that. Yeah. No one wants to fucking see me. There you go. Yeah, there, there's a. Uh, that's why I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> And I'm sure you're still doing that. I'm sure you haven't crossed over to that territory I will never. in the last two years of posting selfies of yourself. Dude, no one wants to see a fucking pasty, red-haired fucking stoner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Except for me. Well. <laughs> I get to see it in Okay, person. I would maybe upload a photo that someone else took of me. Okay. But am I selfie? I'm not a social media influencer. No. That's my not dream. yet. It's my dream job. It's a dream job. Yeah, we'll 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 try to get that uh, with the adult industry here soon. Yeah, what's up? I thought we were going to be talking to porno chicks. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that after the show. But uh, but yes, come listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. I'm Brian Kluger, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening, Elton John.